Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, I am very excited about our guests today, General Hospital's Bradford Anderson and Steve Burton who play Spinelli and Jason. So like us, they have a podcast that they co-host. It's called That's Awesome. And they also go around the country with their Stone Cold and the Jackal tour, where they do comedy and like other entertaining bits for the audience. But as close as these two are off screen, their on-screen dynamic is really terrific as well. And they are probably one of the strongest examples of enduring friendships that we see on soaps today. I have always loved a good soap friendship. Uh, General Hospital has some really strong ones, not only Jason and Spinelli, but Jason and Carly and Jason and Sonny and Lulu and Maxie and Mac and Kevin. And I was just absolutely in love with uh, Lois and Brenda's friendship back in the day. Me too. Um, Especially because lovers come and go on soaps, the stability of a long-term friendship can really ground a character, I think. Oh, I could not agree more. And, you know, it's strange how rarely that dynamic is played. I mean, how many current soap friendships can you really name off the top of your head besides the ones you just did? (laughs) I mean, on B&B, you have Bill and Justin, but, you know, we don't really ever go that deep with those Mm two. And, you know, I guess you can make a case for days is Kate and Marlena. I mean, Marlena was just at her bedside calling her honey, Um, you know, but those two have like a really sticky, like romantic history of shared men that makes it kind of a strange connection to me. Um, You know, my God, ditto Nicole and Chloe. I mean, you know, Nicole tried to like taint the instruments that like was going to disfigure Chloe. And then they were like suddenly pals, you know, it's weird. And, um, but on YNR, you have Chelsea and Chloe who were like legit pals, but then they had a falling out and are hopefully on the road back to being a thing again. Um, you know, you could see the show trying with Kyle and Mariah, which is a rare male-female dynamic, you know, that works. And, you know, also Abby and Lola, I feel like, are sort of becoming friends as well. Hey, you're, you're forgetting on B&B, Quinn and her best friend, who was never mentioned before a few months ago, Shauna. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think I think GH probably does have the largest number of friendships that are like currently active and like played in story. Um, I suppose that inherently friendships aren't 
as juicy as romantic relationships and and as rivals are. Um, But I do really appreciate like the realism aspect of their presence on a show because my friends are a much bigger part of my life than my enemies are. (laughs) Um, I suppose that's a given since I don't have any enemies, but you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. (laughs) I also don't have enemies, but a lot of friends. (laughs) Um, You know, but I feel the majority of like non-romantic connections we see on soaps are friendships between family members. You know, like the Logan sisters on B&B, you know, they are for sure each other's best friends. Uh, Days is Jennifer and Hope. They are both cousins and pals. And not that that's a bad thing, of course. I mean, I just had dinner with my cousins, you know, the other night. But if soaps are supposed to reflect real life, there would be some actual, you know, enduring bestie, you know, friendships yeah. that we see. I mean, look at Another World's Cass and Felicia. I mean, that is a friendship that we still talk about today. Absolutely. And Cass and Felicia, I think, are a great case in point of how the friendship relationship can be just as poignant and as deep as the romantic and the familial ones. Um, I mean, when Steve came back to GH's Jason, I specifically remember that I cried when Sonny and Jason were reunited. Mm -hmm. Like, it was Kleenex City (laughs) by my desk. Um, But I didn't cry when he and Sam saw each other, although... You know, I, I feel like she was drugged and thrown into the water off the pier. So it wasn't exactly like a John and Marlena on the pier sob fest like Days of Our Lives gave us back in the day. But still. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was excited to see those two see each other again as well because, you know, I think it speaks to the experience that we're looking to have when we watch these shows. Like Jason and Sonny's bond has been there for so many years and there is such a spe- like a special connection that, you know, Maurice and Steve share and it just really comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, now that Bradford is back as Spinelli on GH, you know, we're seeing so many more Jason and Spinelli scenes, which is also great. So let's get Steve and Bradford on the phone to talk about their on and off screen dynamic. Hi, Steve. Hi, Bradford. Hello. (laughs) What's going on, guys? That was amazing. That was. Stephanie S. S and Mara L. (laughs) That's right. You got us both. That oh was a, that was a hello, just like we were walking on the street. Like, hey guys, hey, what's yeah. up, guys? Yeah, we're just. I, know. I, I, have a, I have a problem with I have a problem with proximity. <laughs> Sorry, that's right. He does. He's a per, he's a personal space invader for sure. It's true, even digitally, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know the sound quality is almost too good. Like, I kind of feel like you're too close. I know. Go ahead, reach out and touch us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning of the two of you and your relationship. So uh, very like quickly off the bat, when Bradford was cast, you started working together. Do you remember meeting at the studio? I remember. Well, my first day was with uh, was with Ted and Rick, Uh, Ted King and, 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 um, you know, Rick Hurst. And then my second day was with Stephen Kelly. Um, and so I'm not sure, I'm not sure if we rehearsed or not, Steve, do you remember? No, I don't remember. I remember walking on stage and you guys have been on stage. So I remember walking up the stairs and opening the door and seeing the shaggy headed kid (laughs) (laughs) and, and they're like, Hey, that's Spinelli. And I'm like, Oh, you're Spinelli. Okay, cool. And I remember standing there talking to you for, for a little while. I can't remember if your first day right there, or if it was our second day and we were about to work together, whatever, but that's kind of what I remember. But, but really what I remember is them, you know, telling me about this character and then I would read his dialogue for Spinelli before Bradford got it. I go, 
you're not going to find a guy who could do this <laughs> and pull this off because this is impossible and he's going to be dead. Yeah. And, and that well, was they, the plan. That was actually the so, plan. Yeah, they thought so too. They're like, this is going to be so annoying. We should kill him within a month. <laughs> but somehow Bradford came in and made this character so, you know, intriguing and exciting and so much energy and, he brought it to life and they're like, wow, we can't believe this guy's actually doing this. And then, you know, he and I started working together and you got the straight guy and the wacky guy. And we found, we found something within that relationship that they gave us a little freedom to do. And just kind of from there on, we just never really looked back with our, with, with what we were doing. Well, cause I remember the, you know, cause the first, the first couple of months was them just kind of, manhandling me and like i watched i, I watched the episode I, I i think i saw it on youtube when i went but they came to tennessee to find me and i when they i mean julie berman as lulu and steve and um there's this picture that i see online all the time of steve holding me by like my lapels of my jacket and and me looking like this like demure puppy <laughs> i don't know if you guys know what picture i'm talking about oh i know exactly and, the picture <laughs> yeah and it's out and it's on it's it it's on the porch of granny's house. And, and, and so I saw that episode and I saw that picture, that screenshot. And I was like, Oh, that's where that picture is from. It's from granny Bonnie Bartlett's porch. Yeah. In fake, in fake Tennessee. Sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I watched that again. And so, you know, when she, she pulls my ear and stuff. So it wasn't until all this to say, I don't remember a, being really conscious of this, oh wow, this dynamic until the Metro Court. Like I remember having fun, but I was just kind of, like we didn't. It wasn't a partnership until then. It was just you having to deal with me. <laughs> <laughs> then is now. Yes, that's that's kind of how I remember it. Well, do you remember a time, Bradford, where you just sort of felt like this character was working, and you maybe had a oh, I I might be sticking around here. The scene that I remember mostly is when we're talking about him hunching in the air ducts and <laughs> the scene where I have to say, I, I, you know, I, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be your eyes and ears. You have to trust me. Do you? I don't think I said this, but the sub the, the subtext was, do you trust me? Um, and and so he's like, going to be in the air ducts. And, I, and then I was looking, I was like, kind of just like gauging his, his chest size, you know, his 42 regular or whatever it is, <laughs> probably like 46 regular. What's, what's, what's it? Back then it might've been like 48. <laughs> yeah. It might've been 46 back then, dude. <laughs> um, and I was like, Ooh, you know, you're, you may be a little broad to be in. And I was like, and so I, I just remember I, what I said had an effect on what, he was doing and, it, and and his reaction to what I was doing was so funny to me. I was like, Oh, we do this to each other and I'm entertained. <laughs> so maybe everybody else will be too. That's the, that was like my first thought that, Ooh, maybe we bring something out, out in each other that is maybe new and cool. Yeah. And that's, and that's where we are today still. <laughs> right. I mean, it's interesting to me, Steve, because, we think of Jason now as Stone Cold, but we didn't have that name for him for the first, you know, what, uh, 11 years after his brain damage? 
Yeah, I know. It's amazing because he came on and gave everybody nicknames, but, <laughs> you know, Stone Cold definitely stuck. I mean, we're, we're on the road now. Obviously, we're doing Stone Cold and the Jackal everything now, but it's crazy how, how many people are like, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm looking for Stone Cold Steve Austin behind me. <laughs> I'm like, where is he? I want his autograph. <laughs> you know, so it's funny. Yeah. That one has been so normalized versus some of the other ones that sound still a little, either a little clunky in the mouth or just are like, no one calls, I don't think Laura walks around and people are like, Valkyrie. I don't think they do that. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But like somehow you've just become synonymous with Stone Cold and it doesn't yeah. sound weird. It just, it's just like your name now. No, what's weird is Maurice makes me call him Mr. Sir. That's weird. <laughs> yes, yes, Mr. Sir. Yes, Mr. Sir. How can I help you? It's so funny. But we're having fun. It's been it's so fun oh, to have this guy gosh. back on the show. It's, I mean, he's one of my best friends, and we're just having a great time doing what we're doing. So, it's amazing how much we talk to each other. Yeah, it's, um, it's really disgusting. <laughs> I mean, we literally talk. I mean, we probably we talk every day. We talk At every least. day, even on the weekends. It's, I know it's, it's a it's a seven day. And now my wife works full time now, so I probably talk to Steve more than I talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you lucky? You're welcome. <laughs> yes, exactly. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm the most envied man on the planet. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I want to know, uh, Steve, give us your honest feeling on this. Do you think Maurice was jealous because you were like sort of his sidekick <laughs> and then you got a sidekick of your own? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, probably in the beginning, he was probably a little jealous. <laughs> he, Maurice likes a lot of attention. <laughs> so he might have been, you know, those those scowls that he used to give Spinelli might have been real. Uh, I, I would attest that they, I, they most definitely were. Yeah, but like, but now now we're you know years years later we're all we're all having fun now. No, but it, it was always fun having. I mean, it was such a great time, you know, when when we'd be doing a scene and Spinelli would come in, and I just knew Maurice was just like. I hate this guy. Get him out of here. <laughs> He's gonna call him some some weird name. Didn't he? Did uh, Brad? Didn't he say something like "freaky boy" or "get out of here, freaky boy"? <laughs> well, or, yeah, that was one of my. That was one of my. I think we we may have brought this up when when we had Mo on our show. Uh, you know, sometimes after a while, Maurice felt that Sonny's name calling of Spinelli was a little too harsh, and. Um, you know, cause he called him a freak all the time and, and like, or they, they wrote that, they, well, they just, they just wrote that in. They wrote that in. They wrote these kind of horrific things that Sonny would say to Spinelli, like, and, um, and so, yeah, there was one, there was one day where it was just like, do I have to call him a freak again? Like, I just don't, uh, I, I just feel bad. I, he just felt bad. It felt, it felt like it was, it made him look, you know, just like mean, and so they said, yes, please call him a freak from the booth, right? <laughs> over, over the God mic, yes, please call him a freak. And so Maurice was like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> you want this? You'll get this and you'll get it. You'll get it in spades. So he comes yeah. out going, hey, freaky boy, freaky, 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 freaky boy, freaky boy, freaky boy. 
And he just, and it oh, was like, man. I mean, it, it sounded like uh, it was, it, it was, it was incredible. And I, 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 I got to find that scene because my eyes probably just went so wide. <laughs> Um, and you know, I always can't laugh or smile, so I'm just sitting inside dying. Right, <laughs> right. You probably have trying the hardest job in the scene that you don't get to laugh, you know, like death or something, so I don't smile. <laughs> I, know, I remember that scene so much; it was so funny, man. So yeah. fun. Well, it, at the beginning, it was so easy for me to play what Spinelli was supposed to be feeling in the scene because I didn't know Maurice very well, and you know, he he carries. This kind of, un- especially when you don't know him, this unpredictable energy, and you don't know if he's angry or just engaged, you know, and he might, you know, he might yell in the middle of a scene, depending on how he's feeling. And so you don't really, so you really have to pay attention with him because he's so present and like, you know, live with what he's feeling, which is, a, that's why he's so, makes him so fun to watch. But when Bradford doesn't know if Maurice likes him, it's so easy for Spinelli to just cower in fear in front <laughs> of this guy because I like, yeah, it was, it was very easy for me to play and fun because I felt safe with him. I, I just didn't know what, I just didn't know what to, what was going to happen. And that was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, do you both have a storyline or other scenes that really stand out for you when you look back on uh, Stone Cold and Jackal's relationship? Uh, I remember the first time in in the whole era of secret pain. I don't know if you guys remember that phrase, but um, I, I referred to Jason's inner turmoil, <laughs> inner tur- turmoil as his secret pain. And the secret pain was him not being able to publicly be Jake's dad. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. It was when, when those two were in a thing in each, in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I remember, I, I remember, I, I remember there was a scene where we're in, he comes into Sonny's office and I'm sitting in a chair and I confess to him that my, um, that I found out later in life that my parents had gave me to my grandmother to raise. And that because of that, even if it was, whether it was true or not, I internalized that my parents didn't want me, even though they may have thought it was best for me and maybe it was the right choice, whatever. I think of my parents as not wanting me. And no matter what you think is best for your son, if when, when he finds this out, he will think the same thing of you. And that isn't, I know you wouldn't want that. Um, so I remember that scene because it was kind of one of the first emotional scenes my character ever had. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it was in service to somebody that he cared about saying, hey, don't make this mistake because I know how this, I know how this story ends because it happened to me. And um, so that was my first, that was the first time they ever wrote me something that was emotional. And so, so- it, yeah. So that so that was about you, basically. Yeah, that was totally about me. Yep. Okay, cool. I just want to clarify that because I fell asleep for a second. So yep. I just want I just want to make sure that we're just noticing that that was all about you. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, you know, for, I don't know. There's not one because we did so many fun scenes. Like, I love the stuff where like we would go on a stakeout, like you know, Jason and Spinelli in a car trying to solve a case. 
mm-hmm. you know, and I'm trying to sit there and he's crunching potato chips in my ear and I want to kill him. You know? <laughs> just, just, just those scenes where he'll try to hug me and just get away from me, you know? And, you know, the, the one, the one scene that I still laugh at is when he had to dress up as a clown. I thought it was the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> I thought that was the, one of the greatest days ever is when he looked in the mirror and scared himself as a clown. It was awesome. <laughs> and, and then, you know, what's funny is just recently when he was on the show, it aired last week, we're walking into the courthouse, right in the court, the courthouse lobby. And, and he pulls my shirt like to stop me. Like he, pull, he yeah, pulls my t-shirt yeah, yeah, to yeah. stop me. And, and it was so great because it was not planned at all. And the look that I gave him, when I saw it on video, I go, that's Jason Spinelli right there. Like, he grabbed my shirt. I'm like, dude, are you crazy? I'll kill you if you <laughs> totally. touch my black T-shirt. <laughs> totally. And, I only and have 101 more. <laughs> it was totally. It was, it was just so fun. So that, was a, to, that was a funny moment, for sure. Yeah, we don't want to force those moments. We want them to happen organically. And I think now that he's working more on the show, we can start kind of getting back to that type of stuff. Um which, you know, kind of made what our relationship is now. And even on the road, every, my, like, there was this recurring, I don't know if it was a bit, I don't know if you'd call it a bit, Steve, but every time, like, Spinelli would say goodbye or hello, there was, he would, we made this bit about Spinelli always wanting to hug Jason and Jason never wanting to hug Spinelli. And it became kind of this, and I don't think it ever felt pushed because, it didn't feel pushed to us. It was always a fun opportunity. I always loved, I, I grew to love those chances, opportunities that I had to just invade Steve's space. <laughs> like that, that was the most fun that I could have. Um, and, uh, so, and it, it generally was over hugs and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. and I loved that. That was, those were my favorite moments sprinkled throughout our time was just trying to invade your space. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um i oh, want to know uh at what point since now you you talk every day steve right. at what point did you feel comfortable giving your phone number to this guy <laughs> <laughs> how long did that oh, take oh man he he had he had my phone number since day one pretty much yeah he had me at hello <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, you know, I mean, we've been this guy, we've been on a journey and it's only getting better for us as friends and, you know, just because it's been a long time, you know, he, he, he's married now, he's got kids, I got kids, it's a whole new lifestyle for us. And now doing the podcast and being on the road, it's like, man, we have so much to do all the time. And, And it's just great to have a partner that you can do this with and and we have the same goals and we have the same drive and motivations and and we want to have fun and make people laugh and we're so grateful for our fans and you know it's just such a great journey right now mm-hmm. sweet sweet to boot well you've also been on a musical journey with port chuck so tell us about you know just forming the band the early days and what stands out to you about your touring uh well, it's funny. The synthesis of the band is kind of that same inspiring, the same inspiring thoughts that have driven us into our current touring um, and our current venture. You know, Stephen, Steve was always great about going out and seeing fans. Like he, he's been doing it for years. And when I first came on the show, he started bringing me 
to these events. And they were like just active Q and A's where like a, someone would ask a question and then that would lead us into telling a story. And, and it, it ended up being, you know, a night of improv almost based, based on people's questions. And so it became such a performative thing that Steve was like, I think we can make a show. Let's make a show. Let's not yeah. just, let's, so go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, I remember vividly, I, I was taking kind of a twilight nap at my house. And I, and no, this is, this is how a lot of my ideas come to me. And, and it's like, I was taking this twilight nap and I go for a lot of, for a lot of old men. When they <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't old then. <laughs> so I took an, I was taking a twilight nap and I woke up and I told my wife, I go, I'm going to start a band. She's like, you don't sing. I go, so what? I'm going to start a band. <laughs> and li literally I was so excited about this idea. I went to work and, and Bradford Scott and Brandon were there. And I was like waiting down. I was waiting at the door for them to come off stage. I go, Hey, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, were, were you saying we're going to start a cover band and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to go on tour. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, kind of dude, I remember being in the hallway of the dressing rooms and you telling us this and the four of us just standing there. And I was thinking in my head, this is crazy. This is, this like is, Steve, this is Steve not going to work. Yeah. This is not going to work. Like I, I, it's a fun idea, but how on earth? Cause I always, you know, anytime people think you sing, they also think you play an instrument well enough. And so I think at the, at the beginning I was like, oh, well I can't, I can't play an instrument well enough to be in a band. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way I can do that. Um, but I didn't know he had thought that through already. Yeah. So that's kind of how, that's kind of how it started. And then we just got together and rehearsed and we're like, all right, let's shoot a video. Let's try this. I just, you know, I just kept going through the steps like, all right, let's, let's uh, actually we're, um CMA fest was the first, our first performance, <laughs> which was, and it was like, by the time we were done performing, there's like a thousand people under the tent. And, and it was crazy. Um, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and one guy, I don't know if I can rat him out now, but it's been long enough. <laughs> so he was a num he was a numbers guy, right? He was hired by the CMA fest or by ABC at the time to count people, uh, during the whole performance of whatever was happening, signings, whatever. So I guess there's companies that do this. And he, he saw us at the hotel and he goes, Hey, uh, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but, um, so here's the deal. You guys started playing and you know, there were a couple hundred people in there and then you end up having like 1200 by the time you were done. So that's a great sign. Good job. And that was wow. it. And then he disappeared into the night and, um, <laughs> and no <laughs> one much. has ever seen him again <laughs> and never seen him again. And we're like, Oh man, this is pretty cool. This is fun. We had fun. And and then we, you know, then we went on tour for a week and we sold out all these little clubs that we usually play. And then eventually it just kind of caught on and people were loving the music aspect of it. And, and then, then fans would bring friends because we were doing all kind of cool, you know, cover tunes and, and, uh, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I think our, our peak was when we started doing music, um, venues like BB Kings mm -hmm. in yeah. Manhattan, which was awesome. But, you know, we were like, I don't even know, 10 tickets shy of selling out the Wilbur Theater, which is a thousand seats in Boston. Oh and that was like, I remember just walking on stage and being like, this is the crate. Like there's a thousand people here to see us. 
play 80 songs. <laughs> and, and it was had to be so weird for them to be like, wait a minute, those are the guys I've watched on TV, and now they're singing Journey, and I'm singing with them. This is weird. Yeah. So, but it, it was amazing. I mean, we felt for a second what it felt like to be a rock star because we had a bus and I mean, it was a whole, it was so much prep and work to get on the road for 10. We do 10 cities in 10 days. And, and, and even our musicians, they, they were very seasoned musicians. They traveled with a lot of big bands, you know, and they're like, you guys are freaking animals. There's no one who does 10, 10, 10 shows in 10 days. You guys are crazy. I said, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So on the, on the, on the first tour, you know, sometimes when, Steve would do like meet and greets and stuff. You could, you could do two in a day. Cause like if, especially if you're in New York, you could maybe do one in Long Island and then do a night one in Staten Island or something like that. So Steve was like, Hey, let's, uh, on our first tour, we did two shows. <laughs> and uh, so we, and when you have a, when you have a six hour show, which cause we yeah. did a, we did an hour and a half, like meet and greet first. Then we did a 90 minute music thing and an hour and a half meet and greet afterwards and so all total or and sometimes no it was like sometimes the thing actually was two two and a half so we ended up usually doing it usually ended up being six hours and then we had to load in and load out because we brought all of our own equipment um so that day was uh i remember he's like hey we're doing two shows (laughs) i'm like are you kidding me are you kidding me because not only would we sing for 90 minutes but we would talk before we sang for yeah and it was the talking that really tired out our voices and when you're saying journey you can't have a tired voice yeah um so, so anyway. we, we we learned a few things for sure we sure <laughs> did we sure did but it was uh it was amazing and uh we'll always look back because we were talking about it the other day man we could just look back on that and that five years was just like it was so cool so yeah fun. and yeah, i know you were really brought was. closer together by being the two uh people who actually cleaned the tour bus that is for dang sure. <laughs> yes, we did. We we were the clean ones. Um, you know, there is nothing more disgusting than a bus with 13 men on it. Uh, I, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Even nothing my, ever. My kids are messy, but not like that. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad news. It's yeah. bad news. Yeah, so. I was close. To, I was close to death twice. So. <laughs> And that's, it's that's true. That's that's the truth, actually. Oh, as, we're, as we're laughing. As we're, as we're ha-ha-ha-ing. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Back to no, serious. No, no. It's fine. It's, it, it, was, it was amazing that I made it. It was it was amazing. But um, but we look back with the fondest memories of that. We had so much fun. Well, and it's really so. informed. It's really informed how we approach what we do now. Um, you know, in terms of routing, in terms of relationships that we have with people. Like, it. we, we did... I mean, I should say Stephen Scott did so much work with Port Chuck that we, you know, we can make more informed decisions now that we're touring doing this, which is uh, at that time was so beneficial in so many ways. Sure. Well, what happens at the on this tour? So this is the Stone Cold and Jackal tour. Correct. And what goes so on we there? travel. We travel with just me, Steve and Jeremy, who used to tour with us back in the band days, um, who is you know, he, uh, he would do merchandise stuff and setting up for, you know, he would help with everything back in the Fort Chuck days. And so now he, he just, he, he goes with us and, and we, we just function as an, as a good trio. You know, he helps us with everything. 
and he's a great travel buddy too. And he's yeah. also, an, he's an ER nurse, which makes my wife feel better about me being, um, out of touch for a while because there's a ER nurse with us. <laughs> just so in case, helps. just yeah, in case exactly. Steve almost dies a third time as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's, it's, you know, the show it's, you know, the crazy thing is the, 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 it's, it's so much easier to travel obviously because we literally we land, it's not glamorous. We, we rent a minivan. Um, <laughs> what, when, when Bradford's feeling a little more uh, generous, to me, they'll say, I'll get you a minivan. If not, we're going to, we're going to be in this, uh, Honda CRX, three guys in a little freaking Mario Kart. So at least it's a hatchback. Yeah, whatever, dude, that's done. Those are done now. Um, so, you know, it's this, it's, it's easy for us now. We just get in the car. It's easy for us to just pull up in a hotel and sleep. I mean, we'll sleep in a Walmart parking lot. We don't care at this point. We just love going on the road and we're having fun and it works. But what's been interesting is the whole journey of what this show has become, you know, because we're about a, almost almost a year in on this same kind of the same show. So a lot of the show is is, you know, is somewhat planned. And then there's some some areas that it's a little loose where we can improv and and new bits come up, new moments. So we're always trying to make the show better. Like every time we do the show, we're like, okay, how can we make this better? That didn't work. This didn't work. Let's get it out. Let's try something, you know, let's try something tomorrow and see what works. So it's been this great, I guess, uh, evolution of this 90 minute show now. And I think we're on, I don't even know Bradford, what, what performance we're on 40 or 45. Yeah. Upwards you know, of 50. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. this, with this particular show and it's just becoming better and better. And we just did Cincy and Indian. We're like, man, it felt like we had a breakthrough of like, wow, this was it. I mean, people were laughing for the whole 90 minutes, which was, you know, it's such a different thing than, than what we do on camera. You know, we're, we're allowed to uh, just really interact with the audience and, and be there with the audience and be there in the moment and it's kind of it's a new thing for both of us. I know Bradford's done a lot of theater, but you know when you're doing comedy, it's a it's a whole nother ball game. Oh man, is it ever? And, yeah. And it, there's nothing more frightening than that. So and more exhilarating um, though when it like and more exhilarating, yeah. And the yeah. great thing is, Brad, what Bradford said is because most people, you know, I, we've been to places where people are like, I'd start something and they're like, that's not Jason up there. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> right. Why is he laughing? <laughs> yeah. Get Jason on stage, you know, and it's just like they don't realize that I have a personality. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and they don't and, they don't they don't think through it. They don't realize how utterly boring it would be to see Jason Morgan on stage. <laughs> <laughs> like Dude, I know that, I know that's maybe like a fantasy. Ooh, I wish I could see Jason Morgan in person. Jason Morgan in person is boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would well, think that is dis- probably the biggest I- surprise is that Steve is, you know, right. rambunctious yeah. and personable and what have you. Well, exactly. that that and 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 uh, people, I mean, obviously, people knew Bradford could sing from Port Chuck, but when he's out there by himself with just a, a basically a karaoke track, you know, <laughs> naked with the sound system that the club provides, and he sounds amazing, people are like, "Holy crap, this guy's unbelievable!" So. We have that aspect too, which is always a great surprise for people, you know? Well, so. it's funny because, you know, unless people listen to our podcast and have heard us talk about our show, 
you know, we're reaching a lot of people in these places that we haven't gone to before that don't really know what to expect. Right. Um, and you know, I think most people that have been to a soap event expect some sort of Q and a or something, something where they are, you know, and so what's also funny is, so it's a combination of things. It's, it's, you know, I always start the show singing and it's, you know, and, and so part of it is letting them know immediately, sit back, you're here to watch a show. You don't have any responsibility except enjoying yourself. Um, but so it's always kind of, so that's what we try to start it as theatrically as possible. But then I kind of go into my set and my first seven minutes is like a stand-up set, but I can vary from it. But it's always people like people try to shout out to like ask. Sometimes people shout out to ask questions about the show. <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 no. This, this is a show. Just just wait. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, but it, so but it's funny because, you know, it's it's and then afterwards you talk to people and you're like and people are like, we didn't know what to expect. And oh, my God, like it's so that's we're still in that that kind of reaching people for the first time in a lot of places that we go to. And that is just so fun for us to be able to give them something that they're not expecting. Mm-hmm. I will say so when I fun. saw your show, I saw it for the first time at fan club weekend and I was sure. totally blown away. Like it was not like any of the other events and it was a blast. Well, thank you. And you know, it's funny when we do our fan club show, it's, we, we, you know, we tailor it a bit to that experience. Cause chances are, we've seen everybody there before it's intimate. It's smaller than, all the other clubs that we played, you know, so yeah. we wanted to have more of that kind of, you know, that person to person feel versus, Hey, you're in the audience. We're up here. The lights are on us. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? We, yeah, so Brad, we, Brad, yeah. Bradford said, cause we have no stage, we have no lights, you know, so it's not like a club. We're not playing a theater, mm-hmm. you know, we're playing three or 400 seat theaters now. And he goes, he goes, dude, it feels like we're in an AA meeting. <laughs> I said, yeah. yeah, well, let's go perform. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. So, um, but so we're yeah, but, fun. But yeah, thank so you for are, that compliment. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, we want to talk about the podcast as well. Uh, so for anyone who enjoys this podcast, you might want to check out Stephen Bradford's too. You've had some absolutely amazing guests. So tell us about the experience of, of uh working as co-hosts well you know we when we started when we started the stone cold and jackal enterprise if you will the first part of it was traveling and touring and coming up with that show and then you know but we always talked about hey i bet this dynamic that we have would work well in a podcast but we just didn't know how to do it and we didn't know how to approach it we didn't know we just didn't we just didn't know what we were doing so it took you know, four or five months for us to really get a plan in order to make it happen. And then once we, you know, the first few episodes we did, we did two with us. And then we started one with Tyler Christopher. We were in a studio in Hollywood that we rented and we were like, this isn't kind of, we can't do this forever. This is too yeah, much. It's not, it's not sustainable. It's not, not sustainable. Not, not only cost wise, but just time wise, like booking a studio and getting our guests to show up at a random place. Like, no, we got to do this ourselves and be mobile. And uh, so we researched the, what equipment to get, and we figured it out. And well, you you figured it out. <laughs> well, that you know. see that's that's what's great about the relationship is like, you know, we both have ideas, and I have an I have I always have ideas, and, and I'm like, hey, can we do that? He goes, yeah, I'll figure it out, and he did. I said, let's 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 do this podcast, and he he shows up the next day with all this equipment. He's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, let's plug it in and go. 
And that's yeah. what we did. You know, we just, obviously there's been a learning curve and, and then podcast one reached out to us and like, Hey, what are your numbers looking like? We're like, Oh, it's so far so good. They're like, you want to come on podcast one's network? And we're like, yeah, sure. Great. So that's kind of, it's just evolved into this thing that we'd never really, I mean, we thought people would like it because, you know, fans of soap operas, they like content. They want to get a sneak, you know, behind the curtain of people's lives. And what's been awesome for us is not only, you know, Bradford and I, you know, our relationship, you know, kind of translates onto, onto the podcast also, but being able to like really talk to people uh, and your co-stars that you've known, that you've known for 20 years and, and then you can sit down for an hour and really get an in-depth conversation on what makes this person tick, why, why did they start the business and and who they are, how they became who they are today. Just it's so cool for us. Yeah. And we're we're having fun doing it. And I know that the fans are loving it, but it's we just hope. really great for us to be able to do that. And we become better friends with people and have more meaningful relationships. And, and it's just it's such a great platform, you know. Yeah. It's amazing to us how, you know, even the people that we know really or that we think of knowing really well, people that we've been just had relationships with, you know, some, you know, Steve, some for 20 plus years. Right. And but the way, you know, the way we as humans work, we don't you know, we don't sit down and dig deep in regular conversations, you know, like you might you have the regular questions. And, and so you think, you know, them, but then you sit down with them and you re like we didn't know that we would, you know, kind of deep dive into people's, you know, route to becoming who they were when we started this podcast. We didn't know what we were going to do, but then we found out what we were interested in and what we're interested in is figuring out how our friends are, you know, our co-artists are found that passion for what they're doing and how they made it work. Because sometimes when you have a passion, the path isn't necessarily laid out for you and you have to struggle. You have to, you have to figure it out how to make your passion, your job. And if you're lucky enough to do that, like we are, chances are it's a kind of an interesting story. And, um, but that's what it comes down to. It's like, how did this, where, where did this bug bite you? When in your life did it bite you? And how did you figure out a way to, to make it your, your life's passion and make it work? And then once you got there, what else, what else is there in your life that gets you going? And, you know, so we talk about the show, we talk about everything else, but we, we try to find out, you know, how everybody works. And that's, what's interesting to us, you know, as well as having a laugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the thing, the last thing I'll say about this is, is that, you know, the kind of the byproduct that's come out of it is we're always trying to be positive people, Bradford and I, because just this day and age and how, you know, separated people are and, and, you know, all walks of life can come together and have conversation. And it's so interesting to see people overcome things in their lives. And I think that's, what's cool about the stories is it gives other people either motivation or hope that, Hey, you know what? Look at, I mean, all the doors that close for like Sonia Eddy, it was just crazy. It was like her fate to become an actress. She was fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And, and, uh, and she became this great actress. And it's just those stories are, I think, what means so much to people. You know, mm -hmm. it just gives people hope. And and we're always having fun and positive and try to be positive and make people smile and laugh. And, you know, that's just what we need more of. Do you have a favorite episode you've done or guest that you've had on? Oh, that, that would be hard to pick a favorite. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um you know, our listeners, you know, of course they love when we have, when we have guests, but there's plenty of episodes where it's just me and Steve. 
and um, and that's kind of when we let our senses of humor out to play a little bit more maybe um and uh we have you know certain recurring bits that we do on the show and um so the moments especially because sometimes when we're it's just the two of us we're doing it via skype because you know i live up north in northern california and um so i there was this one episode that we did talking about um mary pat's decapitated head <laughs> like and we, we were like you know, because none of us watch, neither of us watch the show on a regular basis, like, you know, or, you know, certainly not on the day that things air. And so we were looking at, we were looking at like the Carly bobbing for Apple's thing. And Steve was trying to explain it to me. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so we were, we were just like trying to explain like, because I, so I thought like she had got like deadhead juice in her mouth from like the water of like, if they're if you're bobbing for apples and there's a deadhead in the water then that's marinating the it's the water's got <laughs> like so we were just talking and we like we were both just crying laughing <laughs> oh it's so great via skype <laughs> like and that's what's amazing that's what i love is that he and i like we know each other so well that even when we're through a phone connection or a skype connection we 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 feed off each other in a, in such a fun way that it entertains us and you know i think that's what is is fun for other people is they see how much fun we have together you know mm -hmm. well uh before we let you go we want you to plug where everyone can find everything so first how can they find out where you'll be on tour next and then tell us about the podcast and when it comes out Sure. Well, everything, we kind of have a one-stop shop and it's stonecoldinthejackal.com, which is uh, hopefully easy to remember for folks. Uh, <laughs> there's links. We have a tour dates and appearances tab on that where they can see all the shows that are, that are currently coming up. And then we have a podcast tab as well that, you know, if they have an iPhone, it tells them which, you know, connects them to Apple podcast. If they don't have an iPhone, it gives them a couple options for what to, um, you know, how to listen. Cause I don't, I don't know if you guys have run into it, but, you know, for some some of our audience, this is maybe their first podcast. Um, and, you know, sometimes people have written to us going, how do I watch your podcast? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of an indication that they've never had they've never listened to one before. Right. right. Um, so it's uh, we try to we try to make it easy for people that might be new to podcasts as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So Stone Cold and the Jackal dot com. That's it. Everything's right there. And the podcast is called That's Awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Because we couldn't think of any other words to name a podcast except for that. <laughs> well, we people were writing to us all the time going, boy, you guys say that a lot. <laughs> I know. I do find myself subconsciously counting the number of instances in an episode. <laughs> but I know it's genuine. Yeah. You got a lot of enthusiasm. Right. We we're, we're not trying to drop our title name into our episodes. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It happens organically. So, exactly. Yes, indeed. Well, well, thank you guys so much. And thank yeah, you for you joining awesome. us. Awesome. Thank you. We there we go. We're awesome. Num today. Number one. Number one user. There you go. No, we you really appreciate it. One. It was such a blast talking about you. Oh, uh, thank you guys so much. Have right. a great day. Thank you, you too. too. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Bradford Anderson and Steve Burton for being our guests. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.